0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment down below and upvote the video. We're up to like 3,500 subscribers. We appreciate that. Um, let's keep going. Our goal by the end of the year is 7,000. Don't know if we're going to get there, but 4,000 by June, 7,000 by the end of the year is the goal with football season. I'm here with John Gillespie, and we're going to talk about the big news that Ole Miss swept Purdue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're <laughs> going to talk about Chris Beard and the hiring at Ole Miss. How are you doing, John?
1: I am fantastic, Stephen. How are you?
0: Pretty good. I'm celebrating the Big Ten championship, um, obviously. Um, I still don't know how they dropped that first game against Maryland, but there's not, I I predict there's going to be a team in the big 10 that is going to finish below eight wins this season. And that Ole Miss would have, yeah, Ole Miss would actually finish ahead of somebody that's actually in the conference. So I'm looking forward to see how, how this looks out. Now, actually we're talking about Purdue and sweeping and when we're talking, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And just a, a baseball side note. I mean, it, you know, who who would have thought that Ole Miss would be crowned uh, Big Ten national champions here in March? I mean, you know, that's just goes to show that's that's baseball, right? <laughs> like you never really know exactly how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. No, I'm kidding, but uh, we do have some important stuff that, that happened today. But that that was a, uh, a, kind of an impressive, not necessarily impressive, but it was a multifaceted series win for Ole Miss, if you will, this past weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm glad they had to dig deep a little bit, that extra innings um, game. And even in the third game, they had to dig deep. Purdue, good ball club. There's some talent on that team. Um, we saw Nebraska. We saw Minnesota. But this Purdue team was a little bit different, at least when they came down here. And it was nice to see them having to dig deep and get it, with, especially with Vanderbilt coming up Thursday.
1: Yeah, that's that's the big thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not just that they had to dig deep because – you know, I, I think some fans will look at that and be like, okay, which a, a lot of people have a football mindset when it comes to baseball anyway, and you can't have that because baseball is so different. Um, but, like, people – some some people may look at that and think that that was kind of a not good showing for Ole Miss, but I think it's actually kind of an important plus for them a little bit, especially going into conference play, that they were challenged there a little bit. Um you know, had to, go win a, had to go win a ball game late, basically. And uh, I think that's because in SEC play, you have to do that all the time. And so it's good to go on and kind of get that momentum going a little bit,
0: knowing that, hey, okay,
1: we're fixing to have to do this a lot. We've already done it once. Let's go do it again.
0: Yeah. And let's actually go ahead and turn the page a little bit to the Chris Beard hiring. Ole Miss makes it official, the worst-kept secret in college basketball over about the last five days. My opinion, they're they're doing exactly what I wanted them to do, and that is just announce it on Tuesday, the NCAA tournament starts and it's going to go away. They announced it on Monday, they're going to have his presentation today. If you're listening to this after five o'clock, they've already had it. But I like the way they've done this. I like the logistics of what this has put together. They have shown that they are actually really serious about college basketball because many people speculated that basketball was a Keith Carter passion project. And this absolutely proves that point. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to focus on the other stuff. And the other stuff, honestly, they would not have hired him if the stuff they dug came back with r- numerous red flags all over the place. We can assume that this was overly vetted by Keith Carter because he did not want to come back and have to deal with the repercussions of something going on. But over all, I think Ole Miss has proved that they are serious about their basketball program. He's traditionally he's won 70 games in his first year at um, Little Rock, Texas Tech in Texas in his first year, seventy games. That's an average of twenty-three or twenty-four a season. Of course, a thirty-win season with Little Rock kind of skews that a little bit. But what I think is going to happen, I, I'm I, as you can tell by a ton of my voice, I'm pretty excited about this. But I expect Ole Miss next year to have a season similar to what Vanderbilt had this year. I think early in the season they are gonna they're going to be slow to get started, but by the end of the season they're absolutely going to be a pain to deal with.
1: Yeah, and I think one of your first points is something I really wanted to touch on that I I don't think we fully understand a lot of times how, okay, in in this situation at least, I I think sometimes we may have the the tendency to forget just how strongly this was likely vetted. Now, I don't have any sourcing for that at all. But with Keith Carter being a basketball guy, right, and him being the athletic director at Ole Miss, played basketball at Ole Miss – he would not have made this higher if he felt like the sky was going to fall with something. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, I do think that he definitely did his due diligence there and making sure, okay, <clears throat> this guy is, is going to be okay for our program. Okay. From a, you know, perspective standpoint and, you know, not going to cause any trouble for the program, that kind of thing. And also, it's a big added bonus that he's just a really good basketball coach. I mean, like, you know, he, he wouldn't have been in, in this situation, you know, even considered for this job if he wasn't a really good basketball coach. But once they decided to start to dig and start to vet him a little bit, you know, had conversations with him and stuff, they decided it was the route to go. And you know, I I know that it's, it's going to be kind of a polarizing topic for the next 48 hours or so. Uh, And, That's understandable. It's kind of the new cycle era that we live in. Um, But I think you're absolutely right. This does show that Ole Miss is serious about basketball. I mean, they have a basketball guy as an AD, so it does make sense. But with the upgrades that they did, I guess, almost 10 years ago now with the Pavilion and everything, and now making a hire like this with such a national name, absolutely. I mean, they're they're invested, and they should be. I mean, it's one of the three biggest sports in the country. It's one of the three biggest sports on campus. They, they should be invested.
0: Yeah, and I put out a tweet today that's surprisingly getting a lot of traction and actually getting pushback from Arkansas fans, which is – that's absolutely bizarre. But between Lane Kiffin, Chris Beard, and Mike Bianco on campus, is there another big three coaching group in the Southeastern Conference that you would trade for that group? Personally,
1: no. Hmm. Um, and I, I think I can say that because – For a multitude of reasons. I mean, I I don't think necessarily that, you know, Lane Kiffin is not, quote, the best football coach in the conference, so to speak, okay. But the things that they bring to the table for um, exposure of your school, exposure of your programs, because, you know, Kiffin is obviously a Twitter king, okay. I mean, we we can't really dispute that. Um, The things that he does, you know, the sound bites, the video clips, all that kind of stuff during games and everything – He brings so much exposure to Ole Miss football that it hadn't had for a long time. And then you add national names like Beard and then Mike Bianco, who just won a national championship. Yeah, I I personally would not trade another three for the three that Ole Miss has as of today.
0: Yeah, and I was sitting here looking and thinking, it's like, which one, who would be even comparable? to this three. Cause in totality, now Nick Saban's obviously he's the GOAT. You know, Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin's not going to win that head to head. But whenever you take in Nick Saban and you add Nate Oates, who's a good coach, but he has not done what Chris Beard hit. Chris Beard's made it to a national championship game. And then Mike Bianco has won a national title and Bohannon is nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, Alabama's not necessarily in that thing. I think Auburn with Hugh Freeze, he did a sugar bowl thing at Ole Miss. Um, Bruce Pearl, I think, has been to a Final Four. Uh, and then you have Butch Thompson, who has gone to the College World Series, maybe not advanced very far, but that's still a good three. But whenever you look at it and you start putting them together, I guess maybe the second best one behind Ole Miss, in, that, in my opinion, would probably Tennessee with Josh Heupel, uh, Rick Barnes, and Tony Vitello.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I think I – think- the ones out of the ones you just named, I would probably go Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn in that order because I'm actually a Butch Thompson fan. Hmm. Okay, I, I am. I think he's a good coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think even with the ones that Tennessee has, you know, Josh Heupel, kind of a a young young guy, energetic, a little bit like Kiffin. Um, I still don't think I would I would make that trade. And you know, say what you want about Tony Patello, but he has. You know, that we we gotta think too about what, what Tennessee baseball was before he took over. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right that he has he has done a really good job. Um but yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I don't think from an Ole Miss perspective I would make that trade. And that's kind of crazy to think about, right? Thinking historically about where Ole Miss has been. I mean, there have been spurts of really good success, really good coaches, that kind of thing, but has there ever really been an era like what we may be entering into now I don't, I don't want to predict that hey you know Ole Miss is going to the final four in three years I don't necessarily want to say that but I'm just saying that from a coaching talent perspective uh, in at least in my lifetime in the big three sports I don't think Ole Miss has been there until today
0: yeah add coach Yoda to that and you can almost do a big four type thing with her um, also, next 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 selection Sunday, I do think Ole Miss is going to be watching that with interest. They might not make it, but I do think they're going to be watching that with interest. Real quick before we get out of here, what do you think this means? This this whole thing means. Well, I think
1: for for one, Ole Miss, like we said, is serious about basketball. Um, I think also two, it means that. And I think we had already seen this. I think you and I had already discussed this a little bit, but it shows Keith Carter is not afraid to make a hire that may get some pushback because Lane Kiffin first, okay, that, that got some pushback. And then with this, but it shows that in my opinion, from the outside looking in that, that Keith Carter, one, wants these programs on campus to be very successful and he's going to make hires that he feels comfortable with. Of of good coaches who are who he believes are able to take him to that level, and um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's it shows those two things mainly, and and I think that um, you know, the re- really, a lot of this reflects back on Keith Carter, just in my opinion, just the you know, because I, I was among those who, when he first got the full time gig, that. You know, that that whole losing the interim tag thing was kind of weird for a lot of people. But I think he's shown that he is more than capable to pull the trigger when it gets tough.
0: Yeah, and also I think it's important for people to realize, I do believe Glenn Boyce is also a basketball guy um, in, in his background. So I imagine this hire was, A, extremely important and a kind of a passion project for both of them, which means it would have been overly vetted. Don't under, don't misunderstand the fact that think that they just brushed over this. No, they probably checked it six times before they decided to do this. And once they decided, it was like, hey, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think they went into this expecting to vet it and to find a red flag and excuse not to hire him. I think that was the goal. Just to find an official thing that you can give to the fan base that you actually looked that way and done it. And then whenever they looked into it, and by the time it was at the end, it was like, well, we have to hire this guy. And, and I think that's probably the way this went down.
1: Yeah, and one, one, one last thing before we get off, that Glenn Boyce, I think, had to be invested in this hire because you and I both know that sports are the front door exposure for your school for enrollment. We've seen enrollment improve since Lane Kiffin got in Oxford. And I think college basketball is just another extension of that. It, it, you know, not only is this an, an athletics thing, but those who care about student enrollment, student involvement, that kind of thing, care about the health of the university as a whole, they have to be involved as well, have to be very invested in things like this. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right.
0: Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now you can check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. There's a new video up on Locked On College Basketball about the NCAA bracket, so check that out. Everything you need to know about the college basketball scene in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Isaac Shade, I think is his last name, is going to be on the show. He's Andy Patton's partner. He's going to come on and talk about this later on in the week. Anyway, John, thank you very much for stopping by, man. Um, Good luck. I guess I imagine the next 48 hours are going to be pretty eventful for you.
1: (laughs) I appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care, buddy.